Now an example is given of how people strive against the verses of Allah. Allah says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ And we have not sent before you مِنْ رَسُولٍ وَلَا نَبِيٍ Any Rasul nor a Nabi. There was not a Rasul or a Nabi before you except that such and such happened with him. Notice over here, Rasul is mentioned, Nabi is mentioned. Who is Rasul? Who is Rasul? Messenger. Who is Nabi? Prophet. What's the difference between the two? Rasul is a messenger who was sent to a non-believing people. Like Musa and Harun salam. They said, إِنَّا رَسُولَ رَبِّكَ Both of us are messengers of your Lord. Because both of them were sent as messengers to who? A non-believing people. And who were they? The people of Fir'aun. You understand? And Nabi is a prophet of Allah who was sent to a people who already believe. Alright? So, whether a messenger was sent to a non-believing people or a prophet was sent to a believing nation, Every messenger, every prophet that was sent, what happened with him? Illa except Ida Tamanna. When he Tamanna. Tamanna is from the root letters Meem, Noon, Ya. Tamanna Shay. A Tamanni, Tamanni is basically a wish. Right? A desire, a yearning. When a person intends for something. And Tamanna Shay is to intend to do something, to wish for something, to get something or to do it. And tamanna al-kitab, tamanna al-kitab, to intend to do something with the book. What do you do with the book? What do you do with the book? You read it. So tamanna al-kitab is to read, to recite. You understand? So idha tamanna, when he intended, when he wished, and this can be understood in two ways. When he wished, meaning for something good, such as he wished that people should believe, right? Or tamanna, meaning he read, he recited. Obviously, what would a messenger recite before his people? What would he? Scripture, revelation. So, ida tamanna, when he recited, when he spoke, when he addressed his people, when he recited the revelation, who do you think became really busy? Shaitan, very active. Why? Because shaitan wants to stop the efforts of the messenger. Right? So, one of the ways in which shaitan strives to stop the efforts of the messenger is what? That alqa shaitanu. Shaitan would throw. Alqa, to throw. He threw. So shaitan threw fi in umniyatihi. His umniya. Umniya gives the meaning of wish or recitation reading. Meaning the Prophet is reading, and what does shaitan do? In the middle of the Prophet's reading, he throws. What does he throw? His own words. Why? In order to lead people astray. So, for example, a person is listening to something good. Right? And he is following along. But then in the middle what happens? Shaitan casts doubts in their mind. You know, for instance, Umar radiallahu anhu. What happened with him? One night he went to the Kaaba to do tawaf. He found the Prophet ﷺ performing the prayer. He was reciting Surah Al-Haqqa. Umar anhu was very much affected by the recitation, so he stopped to listen. Now as he's listening, he's thinking, Oh my, this man, he is a good poet. 
right? What is he? The Prophet ﷺ recites that this is the word of a noble messenger. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ So anyway, he says, oh, he's a poet. He thinks in his heart. The Prophet ﷺ recites, وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَاعِرٍ This is not the word of a poet. Umar who thinks in his heart, he's a soothsayer. He, he knows what I'm thinking. So the Prophet ﷺ recites the next ayah, وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ كَاهِنٍ This is not the word of a soothsayer. Right? Now many times it happens that you're listening to something good, you're following along, but then all of a sudden you get really angry with the person who's speaking. How dare they say this? I don't agree with it. You know what? No, this is not true. No way. Has it ever happened with you? That you're listening to a very nice lecture or someone is advising you, like your mom is talking to you. They're reminding you of something and in your heart you're saying, no way, no way. I don't agree with this. Right? But if you logically analyze what your mother is saying, makes complete sense. But you're disagreeing with her because all of a sudden you're angry in your heart, you're, or you're feeling jealous of someone. You know, these negative feelings are coming in. Where are they coming from? Who's preventing you from listening? Who? Shaitan. You understand? So when the Prophet reads, Shaitan throws his words in the middle. Alqa shaitanu fi. Umniyatihi. Now this could be, you know, in the hearts of people who are listening. Alright? Could be in the hearts of the people who are listening. Or it could be literally in the words of the Prophet that he is reading. Shaitan puts his words. So for instance, a person is reciting. A person is reading something. But then he makes a mistake. He doesn't even realize he makes a mistake. He says something that's completely wrong. Right? A tongue slip. Or not even that. It's a wrong statement. And later on a person wonders, what did I just say? You know, for instance, you're having a fight with your, let's say you're having a disagreement with your mother. Right? It's a discussion in which you get angry, she gets angry. And then you say something really rude. And then later on you wonder, how could I even say that? How could I say those harsh words to my mother? And that thought that how could I say this? It eats you up. Why did you say it? Because you were angry. And when you think about it, why did you say it? You say you think to yourself that I was so angry that I didn't even think about what I was saying. The words just came out of my mouth unintentionally. One ayah is um, Hezbollah that's successful and the other ayah is um, Hezbollah that's not successful. So because he was in the rhythm of saying it, he ended up saying that the Hezb shaitan was successful. I'm like, no, Hezbollah is But like, it's exactly the example you're talking about right now. Yes, that it happens. That you're saying something good, but you make an honest mistake. How did that happen? The shaitan caught you in that weak point when you weren't paying attention and he makes you, you know, say something that is wrong. So anyway, Alqa shaitanu fi umniyati. Shaitan threw his words in the recitation of the Prophet. So people thought that the words that the Prophet said or the words that they heard from somewhere, they were words that the Prophet said. They were part of the revelation. But Allah says, فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِ الشَّيْطَانِ Allah abrogates, He destroys what the shaitan has thrown. What shaitan has thrown in, it's, it's wiped off. يَنْسَخُ from نَسْخ What does نَسْخ mean? To erase. To erase something and bring another in its place. Remember we learned about نَسْخ abrogation? Right? So, فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِ الشَّيْطَانِ Allah abrogates what shaitan has thrown in. ثُمَّ يُحْكِمُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ Then Allah 
strengthens, solidifies his verses. Wallahu alimun hakim, and Allah is knowing and wise. Meaning whatever falsehood shaitan brings is gotten rid of. It's gotten rid of. And Allah makes his verses firm, strengthened, consolidated. And Allah is alim, knowing he is wise. And if Allah lets an incident like this occur, there is wisdom in that. There is wisdom in allowing this. Now, what do we see? That this is something that happened not just with the Prophet ﷺ, but also with other Prophets. Every Prophet, every Messenger. If this happened with the Prophets of Allah, then what do you think about people? Meaning normal people who are not Prophets of Allah. Will they not make... Will shaitan not oppose them? Will shaitan not try to destroy their efforts? Of course he will. Now, it happened that when the Prophet ﷺ, at one occasion he was reciting Surah Al-Najm. The verse is, أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتَ وَالْعُزَّةِ وَمَنَاتَ الثَّالِثَةَ الْأُخْرَى That have you seen Lat and Uzza, وَمَنَاتَ الْمَنَاتَ الثَّالِثَةَ الْأُخْرَى The third, the other one. Now, According to some reports, and there is dispute about the authenticity of those reports, but some scholars do regard them as authentic. That what happened? The Prophet ﷺ was reading these verses, and the mushrikun are listening. And what happens? Shaitan, he speaks out. He says that, تِلْكَ الْغَرَانِيقَ الْعُلَى وَإِنَّ شَفَاعَتَهُنَّ لَتُرْتَجَى That these are idols that are mighty, beautiful, high pelicans, and their requests will be granted. Their intercession will be accepted. So shaitan said these words out. Now the people who are listening, they hear, what do they hear? Praise of the idols. Are they happy with the Prophet ﷺ? Super happy. Huh? And what happens? They prostrate along with the Muslims and the news, it spreads that the mushrikun have believed, but later on, because the verses, I mean later on these idols are criticized. Shirk is completely destroyed. So in the mushrikun, obviously they're angry with the Prophet ﷺ also over there. Anyway, there is dispute about this narration, this authenticity. Some scholars completely rejected it. Some scholars considered it acceptable. Regardless of whether it's authentic or not, what's the lesson for us to learn over here? That when a person is doing something for the sake of Allah, then shaitan is trying his best to ruin his efforts. To destroy his work. He will attack your intention. He will attack your emotions. He will make you, you know, commit serious mistakes. In which, you know, serious mistakes that you never intended. Unintentional. You meant to say something else, it came across as something else. You meant to do one thing, it came across as something else. So shaitan is very, very active when a person is working for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a person is calling others to Allah. But, calm down, relax, worry not. Whatever shaitan does, even if he tries to distort the words of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will shaitan be successful? No. What will happen? Allah will abolish the work of shaitan. If he tries to put words in the Qur'an recitation, even, Will that last? No. فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِ الشَّيْطَانِ Allah will destroy shaitan's work completely. But that will happen when? When you are sincere. When you keep trying. And ثُمَّ يُحْكِمُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ Allah will strengthen, solidify His verses. Meaning the Qur'an, it cannot be changed. People can try all they want. They can try to alter the Qur'an. Shaitan also made attempts. And people today can make attempts to alter the words of the Qur'an, change the meaning of the Qur'an. But can they succeed? 
No way. Because the Qur'an is such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself has taken responsibility to preserve it. إِنَّا لَنَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ We have revealed the reminder and we are going to preserve it. Allah has promised to preserve the Qur'an. So who could change it? Nobody can. لَا يَأْتِيهِ الْبَاطِلِ Batil, falsehood, cannot enter it from anywhere. In the middle, at the beginning, at the end, nowhere. Any falsehood that people try to enter into the Qur'an, what happens? Yansakhullah. Allah destroys it. Right? And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, I mean in his life, if this incident is true, if, Allahu A'lam, if it's true, then yes, okay, it happened, but there was wisdom in that. But we see that at other times in his life, magic was done on the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine, the Jews of Medina, certain people, they succeeded in doing magic on the Prophet ﷺ. We see that the Prophet ﷺ, his words were distorted, his actions were misrepresented, his intentions were questioned. Many hurdles came from the shayateen of jinn and ins. But what happened? Allah granted the Prophet ﷺ Success. Now if you look at the theme of these verses, what did we learn at the beginning? Allah will help those who help Him. Sometimes, you're doing something good for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you make a big mistake. And you kill yourself over it. And you tell yourself, you know what? It's safe to not do anything. You know, for instance, you are, let's say, you are teaching someone the basic meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha, for example. Right? And you make a mistake in teaching them something. You make an honest mistake. And then when you realize, you think to yourself, that's it. Never again am I doing this. This is too risky. This is too dangerous. Because if I make a mistake, when it comes to the deen of Allah, I could be in a lot of trouble. No, don't worry. Ignorance, or it was based on, you made that mistake because you're a human being. You didn't intend to change the deen. You didn't intend anything like that. So now fix the problem. How? Study more before you explain anything. Right? Gain knowledge more. And then the mistake that you've made, fix it. It's as simple as that. Don't let shaitan stop you. Because that's exactly what he wants. It is said that when this incident occurred, the Prophet ﷺ was deeply grieved. He was very, very upset. But what happened? فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِ الشَّيْطَانِ Allah destroyed what shaitan had thrown in. ثُمَّ يُحْكِمُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِ So the lesson over here is satanic efforts continue. But Allah's help, Allah's defense is also there. Hold on to Allah. Do your best and Allah will protect you. Now the question is why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow this to happen? Why? لِيَجْعَلَ There is hikmah. What is that hikmah? لِيَجْعَلَ So he may make مَا يُلْقِ shaytan What shaytan has thrown in, meaning the words that shaytan has thrown in, they become fitnatan. A fitna, a test for who? لِلَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٍ For those people in whose hearts is a disease. For them, this becomes a huge fitna. And not just them, but also وَالْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ قَاسِيَةِ قَاف سِينْ وَاو قَسْوَةِ Hardness that which is hard. Those that are hard. قُلُوبُهُمْ Their hearts. Meaning those people whose hearts are very hard. Dead. No iman. 
So two categories of people are mentioned over here. Those in whose hearts is a disease. And secondly, those who whose hearts are very hard. Meaning they don't believe. So for these two groups, an incident like this becomes a fitna. It becomes a huge trial for them. So what happens? They begin to doubt the Prophet ﷺ even. And you know this incident, you may have heard of satanic verses. Right? The incident of satanic verses. I mean... People forget everything else. And what do they focus on? Satanic verses. Right? They'll highlight it. I mean, this incident that I mentioned to you, there's so many different versions of it that we learn in the books of hadith, in the books of tafsir. Alright? But it was never a big issue. However, some people, not Muslim, what did they do? They highlighted this issue. They called it satanic verses. And... From that time onwards, it became a big issue that people raise against Islam, against the Qur'an. Because they say, how is the revelation even reliable then, even according to your own standards? Right? Or they said that Muhammad ﷺ, he came up with this tactic. You know, I'll try to impress them, I'll try to make them happy by praising their gods. But when he did that, all the Muslims turned against him, and then he went back you know, to his old way of Tawheed. And then there are people today who will write books on this and they will you know, have huge discussions over this. It's a fitna. It's become a fitna. So what do we see? Those in whose hearts is a disease and those whose hearts are hard. What happens to them? When they come across these incidents, they continue in their disbelief. They go further and deeper in their disbelief. And indeed the wrongdoers, surely there are in shiqaq, in opposition, that is ba'id, that is of extreme. I mean, they're in extreme enmity to Islam. So in their extreme enmity to Islam, to the Prophet ﷺ, you think they're not going to talk about these issues? Of course. They're going to ignore the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ his entire life, and they're just going to focus on the fact that he married Aisha who was very young. Right? They're just going to highlight these issues. Why? Because they're in extreme enmity. And a person who is your enemy, they're not looking for any good points. They just need a reason. Just want something small they can find to destroy you. And that is what such people do when it comes to the Qur'an also. On the other hand, the same incident, what does it do to the believers? It strengthens their faith. And so those who have been given knowledge, they come to know. I mean, they further increase in their knowledge. What? That أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ That indeed it is the truth from your Lord. It is definitely حَقُّ from Allah. They increase in their yaqeen, in their conviction, in their certainty. فَيُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ So they believe in it. فَتُخْبِتَ لَهُ قُلُوبُهُمْ So their hearts become humble to it. You see, the same incident became a cause of disbelief for certain people. And it also became a cause of belief for others. When we look at this incident, when we look at these verses, what lesson do we learn? Shaitan can do whatever he wants, but he can never succeed. People can do whatever they want to cause failure to Allah's message, but they can never succeed. The same incident is a cause of great motivation for the believers. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ And indeed Allah لَهَادِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا May Allah make us amongst them. Indeed Allah is surely the had. Who is had? Hadi, one who guides. 
Allah guides those who believe ila sirat mustaqim to the straight path. Because these fitnas, these trials, they keep coming. You know, it's amazing how something could be buried in the books of history. And then what happens, one historian comes up and he raises that issue, presents it as such a big problem. And then from there, it becomes such a controversy. I mean, the issue, for example, of satanic verses, it was never a controversy 500 years ago. It was a non-issue. Something that people didn't even, you know, pay much attention to. But then what happened? About two, three hundred years ago, somebody highlighted this issue. And now, these days, these days actually it's a little less. You go 10, 15 years back, exactly. A book came out and the whole controversy began. Satanic verses, oh my God. I don't even know what satanic verses are, but it's such a huge controversy. Right? And for this, it's very important that we, we gain clarity. Right? And for that, I would recommend that all of you listen to this lecture by Sheikh Yasuqadi on the issue of satanic verses, in which he presents all the different versions of the incident, compares them, and then he also tells us what we should do. Right? So it's very important for us to gain clarity, especially if you're taking any religions courses, especially Islam in high school or in university or you plan to do this, then please, do listen to this. Equip yourself with knowledge to preserve your iman and also to be a source of guidance for other people. So anyway, Allah guides those who believe to the straight path. So despite the propaganda and the false accusations, and every now and then there is a new issue, a new controversy, what happens? Those who believe, Allah guides them. Allah guides them. You know, Iman is a big treasure. And the one who has this treasure, he's at war. He's at war. Because everyone is going to attack him to make him lose that treasure. So when you have Iman, you have to preserve it. And the more you strive to preserve it, the more Allah will protect you also. Iman is a gift. It's given. And it can also be taken away. There are people who take this treasure, who embrace this treasure, and there are others who leave this treasure. Why do some people embrace this treasure? Because they find it, they discover it. And why is it that some people leave it? They abandon it? Because they don't consider it to be a treasure anymore. So those who believe, and who love that belief, who want to preserve that belief, then through the ups and downs of life, through the biggest controversies even, Allah will preserve their faith. Allah will preserve their treasure. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَهَادِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Allah will guide them to the right way. وَلَا يَزَالُوا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And as for those who disbelieve, لَا يَزَالُوا They will not cease. Meaning they will forever continue to. فِي مِرِيَةٍ In doubt. Meaning they will forever be in doubt. Minhu about it. About what? About the Qur'an. Or about this particular incident. They will never be at rest. They will forever be in doubt. حَتَّى تَأْتِيَهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَةً Until the hour comes to them suddenly. And because of this doubt, what happens? When they get over one controversy, they begin another. And when they get over that, they start another. Right? It's like when people don't understand the basic concept of Islam, of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accepting Him as the lawmaker, 
the Creator, the one whom we are answerable to. When people don't understand that and they get caught up in inside issues like slavery or polygamy or you know anything, incidents like this, then what happens? When they get over one issue, they start another and another and another and another. They're just stuck in this. وَلَا يَزَالُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِّنْ The one who doesn't submit to Allah with his heart, then what will happen? He'll be stuck in one mess after the other. He will forever be in doubt. Until the hour comes suddenly, بَغْتَةً أَوْ يَأْتِيَهُمْ عَذَابُ يَوْمٍ عَقِيمٍ Or it comes to them the punishment of يَوْمٍ عَقِيمٍ A day that is عَقِيمٍ, that is barren. What is عَقِيم? عَقِيم from the root letters عَيْن قَافْ مِيمٍ and aqim is used for a person who is barren, meaning infertile. Or land that is barren, meaning infertile, so it doesn't produce anything. This is aqim, one that does not produce. It's unproductive, it's fruitless, it's sterile, it has no future. It's not going to grow, it's not going to change. So yawm in aqim, what does it refer to? The day of judgment. Why is it called aqim? Because if you grow something that day, it will not grow. If you sow a seed that day, it will never grow. Meaning if you perform an action that day, will it bring you reward? If you give charity that day, will that bring you reward? No. If a person were to bring the earth's fill of gold, will that be accepted from him? No. Yawmin aqim. And this dunya right now, is it aqim? No. It's fertile. We've been told, invest as much as possible so that you have results later. Al-mulku yawma lillah. Al-mulk, all sovereignty. Yawma idhin, that day, meaning the day of judgment, it will be lillah for Allah. Yahkumu baynahum. He will judge between them. Maliki yawmiddin, the master of the day of judgment, he will judge between people. فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعْمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ So those people who believe and do righteous deeds, they will be فِي جَنَّاتِ النَّعِيمِ in the gardens of pleasure. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And those who disbelieve, وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا And deny our verses, فَأُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُّهِينٌ Then for them is a punishment that is humiliating. Why humiliating? Because when a person thinks very highly of himself, very highly of himself, he's arrogant. And when justice is brought, that justice feels like humiliation. And a person who is arrogant towards the message that Allah has sent, a person who is arrogant before Allah, what will happen to him? He will be brought down. The day of judgment is khafidatun rafi'ah. Khafidatun, it will bring down those who are rafi'ah, those who are high. Those who think of themselves as very mighty, on the day of judgment, they will be brought down. Adabu muhin, humiliating punishment. In Surah Ghafir, ayah 60, we learn, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Those who disdain my worship, too arrogant to worship me, they will enter hell. Rendered contemptible. Recitation of these verses. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِن قَبْلِكَ مِن رَسُولٍ وَلَا نَبِيٍ إِلَّا إِذَا تَمَنَّا أَلْقَى الشَّيْطَانُ فِي أُمْنِيَّتِهِ فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِي الشَّيْطَانُ فَيَنْسَخُ اللَّهُ مَا يُلْقِي الشَّيْطَانُ ثُمَّ يُحْكِمُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ 
If you notice, those who believe, what happens to them? Their hearts humble towards the Qur'an. And on the other hand, those who disbelieve, what happens to them? For them is a humiliating punishment because they think of themselves as very mighty. So a humble person, what will happen? Whenever there is a huge controversy, anything that appears to be problematic, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide him because of his iman. And a person who is arrogant to the truth, then what will happen? He is not guided to the truth. He forever remains in doubt. Now these were people who strive against the verses of Allah. What are those who are being, who are on the other side, those who are defending the verses of Allah? وَالَّذِينَ هَاجَرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Those who immigrate in the way of Allah. وَالَّذِينَ And those people who هَاجَرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ They had to do hijrah for the cause of Allah, meaning they had to leave their homes and settle elsewhere. So for example, the Muslims had to leave Mecca, go to Medina. And when they went there, were they left by their enemy? No, the enemy came after them, fighting them. So what happened to those people who had immigrated? ثُمَّ قُتِلُوا They were killed. Like for example, Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu. What happened to him? He was in Mecca, persecuted. And then what happened? Eventually, he left Mecca, went to Medina. He was one of the first people to immigrate to Medina. When he was in Medina, the first battle that was fought, the battle of Badr, who died? Who was killed? Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu. ثُمَّ قُتِلُوا They were killed. Or if they weren't killed... Aumatu, or they died. Meaning eventually they died, their natural deaths, at their own beds, in their homes. Aumatu. Like for example, Khabbab radiallahu anhu. He was persecuted in Makkah. Remember I told you a story a long time ago about the Sahabi, that woman who owned him, she would torture him with what? With heated iron rods. Right? So that was Khabbab radiallahu anhu. It was so bad that his ribs would show. And many years later, 
Umar radiallahu anhu, he saw the back of Khabbab radiallahu anhu. And whenever the Sahaba described him, they described him with this description, the one whose back was burnt. It was burnt or his button, his stomach or his back was burnt with seven or five, you know, significant number of burn marks. Because Um Anmar, she used to do that to him. So anyway, Khabbab anhu, he did hijrah from Makkah to Medina. When he got to Medina, he was with the Prophet ﷺ for so many years. He fought in all the major battles. And then what happened? The Prophet ﷺ died. And then Abu Bakr anhu died. And then many years later, Khabbab anhu, he is old and he is about to die. And he was crying, he was sad. And the people asked him, what's wrong with you? Why are you sad? You've lived such a beautiful, noble life. And he said, Musab ibn Umair died early on. His efforts, they're preserved. Allah will give him his reward. But me, I've lived on for such a long time. My hardship was replaced by ease. My, you know, people who tortured me, and now I was, you know, I lived such a free, wealthy life. I'm afraid that no reward is waiting for me in the hereafter. I have consumed my reward here. This is what I'm afraid about. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reassures here. ثُمَّ قُتِلُوا أَوْ مَاتُوا They're killed or they die many years later. لَيَرْزُقَنَّهُمُ اللَّهُ رِزْقًا حَسَنًا Allah will surely, definitely provide them with a good provision. رِزْقًا حَسَنًا Where is this رِزْقًا حَسَنًا? In dunya and in the akhirah. Because those who do hijrah, Allah promises them rizq. What did I say? Those who do hijrah, what does Allah promise them? Rizq. Don't think of hijrah as, okay, I'm leaving the land of kufr, and I'm going to the land of Islam. It's not always like that. Muhajir, according to one hadith is who? The one who does hijrah from that which Allah has forbidden. When you leave an act of disobedience, you're doing hijrah. You're doing hijrah. You know, for example, if a person is working somewhere and that particular work is 90% haram, 90%. You know, it has to do with haram. And they're leaving it. That's a kind of hijrah. So whether a person's hijrah is small or big, what does Allah say? لَيَرْزُقَنَّهُمُ اللَّهُ رِزْقًا حَسَنًا Allah will definitely give them provision. Good provision. Allah will give them a better provision in this life and in the next. Why? Because وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَهُ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ And indeed Allah surely He is the best of the providers. Rizq comes from الرزاق. Provision comes from the giver of provision. And who is that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't come from your job. It doesn't come from the place you're living in. Those are just the means. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He can give you something through one means and He can also give it to you through another means. So, لَيَرْزُقَنَّهُمُ اللَّهُ رِزْقًا حَسَنًا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَهُ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ So over here in this ayah, who is being mentioned basically? Those who do hijrah. And eventually, they even die, meaning their lives are taken away, they're killed. Or they live, you know, a good life after that. But regardless, Allah promises them good reward. Those who die in the way of Allah, what do we learn? وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءً عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ They will be given provision by their Lord. عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ 
لَيُدْخِلَنَّهُمْ Surely, definitely he will admit them. Where مُدْخَلًا An entrance, meaning a place in which to enter, or a manner in which they will enter. What place of entry, or what manner? يَرْضَوْنَهُ They will be happy with it. They will be pleased with it. Does it ever happen sometime in your life that somebody says, you know what, I want to have a dinner party for you. You're getting married, let's have you know a party for you. So what happens, it's supposed to be for you, but you go, and things are not according to how you want them to be. You're not 100% happy. What does Allah say? يَرْضَوْنَهُ They will be pleased with it. Meaning when they will enter Jannah, the way in which they will enter Jannah, they will be pleased with it. The way they will enter after life, it will be an honorable reception. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَعَلِيمٌ حَلِيمٌ And indeed Allah is surely knowing and He is forbearing. Just because a person has done hijrah doesn't mean he is perfect. He still makes mistakes. He's a human being. Allah is knowing and He is halim. He is forbearing. ذلك, that is so. وَمَنْ عَاقَبَ That is so. Now to proceed. وَمَنْ عَاقَبَ Whoever responds. عَاقَبَ عَاقِبَ is heel. Right? Heel is the back of the foot. Right? And عَاقِبَ is consequence. That which follows. So عَاقَبَ meaning he takes revenge. Meaning something was done to him so he takes revenge. So the one who takes revenge, how bimithli similar to ma bihi, that which was done to him. Meaning, he responds, he retaliates, equivalent to the injustice that was done to him. Equivalent to the harm that was done to him. Equivalent to the oppression that was inflicted on him. So you understand? A person who's taking revenge, how much revenge is he taking? Only as much as the injustice that was done to him. So for example, the Sahaba who immigrated from Makkah to Medina, they were in Medina, they fought the mushrikun back. Right? How much, as much as was done to them. But then did the mushrikeen stop there? No. Then he was tyrannized. Meaning the enemy just grew, increased in their oppression. So for example, the mushrikeen, they came in Badr. The Muslims fought back. Did it stop there? No. The Mushrikin came back again, the battle of Uhud. And they came back again, the battle of Ahzab. And the treaty was made. But what happened? They violated the treaty. So you see, بُغِيَ The enemy just kept getting worse and worse. Allah says, لَيَنْصُرَنَّهُ اللَّهُ Allah will surely help him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَعَفُوهٌ غَفُورٌ Indeed, Allah is surely forgiving, pardoning. What do we see here? That sometimes when you're trying to stand up for yourself, defend yourself, you feel like, you're getting deeper and deeper into more problems. You know, it's like, don't bother the bear, don't touch the bear. Right? Because if you do, then what will happen? You're in more trouble. So, a person finds himself in a situation like that. He thought he was defending himself, but now he's in deeper trouble. But don't worry, Allah will definitely help. I remember once I went somewhere for a test, and uh, the woman, she was very, very harsh. I mean, I've never been traumatized that way. I broke down into tears, literally, because of the way she spoke to me and the way she dealt with me. And things got worse when I said something in my defense. I just said one statement in my defense. And she got even more, you know, harsh and mean and rude. And I felt like I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just stayed quiet. But I was like, if I don't stand up for myself, then she's going to oppress even more people. Or more Muslims who come, she's going to be more rude to them. But I felt like I was in greater trouble. 
Right? It happens. You feel like you did something to defend yourself, but now you're in greater trouble. You wonder, did I do the right thing? Yes, you did the right thing. Because you didn't do any zulm. Right? Don't worry. Allah will help you. Allah will help you. لَيَنْصُرَنَّهُ اللَّهُ You know, sometimes you think the help of Allah will come like this. And it doesn't come in a snap. It doesn't come in an instant. You're tested a little bit more. And then a little bit more. And then the help of Allah comes. Why? ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ Understand this. Know this. That بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ He makes the night enter into the day. وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلَ And He makes the day enter into the night. Which night is forever? None. Which day is forever? None. Every night is followed by a day and every day is followed by a night. Is any difficulty permanent? Is it? No. Is any ease permanent? No. Hardship turns into ease and ease turns into hardship because this is what this life is about. Everything is by turns. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ But remember that indeed Allah is hearing and seeing. He hears what you say in times of hardship and He sees what you do in times of ease. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ How is that possible? Because Allah, He is Haq, He is the true God. وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ And indeed that which they call upon besides Him, it is falsehood. There is no other God besides Allah. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرِ And indeed Allah, surely He is Ali, exalted, kabir, great. He is the most high and He is the most grand. How do you know this? Alam tara anna Allah. Do you not see that indeed Allah anzala min as-sama'i ma'an? He sends down water from the sky. And when that water comes down, فَتُصْبِحُ الْأَرْضُ Then the earth becomes مُخْضَرَّةِ مُخْضَرَّةِ خَضَضَرَةِ Green. Have you seen the grass these days? Beige, brown, dead, lifeless. But inshallah within a few weeks, what will happen? مُخْضَرَّةِ It will become green. So sometimes in your life also you see, Beige, lifeless, colorless areas, times, days. But then don't worry, it's not going to stay like that forever. Allah will send rain. He will send rain. You stay hopeful. You keep doing the right thing. In Allah Latifun Khabir. Indeed, Allah He is Latif Khabir. He is subtle. He works in subtle ways. You don't even realize. Do you actually see the color of the grass turning green? Meaning, like in an instant. No. You keep looking out every day, you know, beige, 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 and the next thing you know, it's green. The transition from beige to green is so subtle, you don't even perceive it. And just like that in your life, hardship will turn into ease in a way that you cannot even imagine. It'll be so smooth, inshallah, that you will be amazed. And he's khabir, he's aware, he knows how to do it. لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Don't doubt His promises. To Him belongs whatever that is in the skies and whatever that is in the earth. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَهُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدِ And indeed Allah, surely He is rich, free of need. Hamid, praiseworthy, always deserving praise. Never does He deserve criticism. So whatever He has decided in your life right now, Praise Him for that. Thank Him for that. Because in everything is goodness. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.